Okay, the reading can be t- um, is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, and it can be found on page 1161 of the Church Bibles. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Nikki. Well, um, as we said earlier, I'm really excited because Rochelle is going to come and speak to us now. And Rochelle's a really great friend of ours. Um, She's incredibly wise. And she's also mummy to um, my little boy's future wife. So an added bonus. (laughs) So Rochelle, why don't you come and speak to us and I'll pray for you before you start. Father, we thank you for Rochelle. Lord, we thank you for um, the word that you've put on her heart. And Father, we pray now as she speaks to us, would you, um, would you give her a real clear mind? Lord, would you give her clarity of speech? Father, we pray that she would speak with real authority. Father, that we would hear something new about you, that we would be changed by you through her this evening. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daisy. Um, and that's true. They are getting married. Um, um, hi everyone Um, so I'm Rochelle I am hang on I'm going to come this side I don't know why it makes a difference Um, I'm Rochelle it's great to be here this evening Um, I um, have been coming to St Saviour's for the last eight years Uh, I worked that out earlier and um, that sounds like quite a long time but probably not very long compared to a lot of you Um, I have been on the PCC the last few years, just stepped down from that, um, and I'm involved in some of the the mentoring bits. Married to, um, not the drummer tonight, but um, a very good-looking drummer. Um, And um, and not that that one wasn't good-looking, but anyway. um, (laughs) Awkward. Um, (laughs) um, But, um, so tonight... um, I'm going to start just by talking to you, um, telling you a story about um, where I work. So I work for Surrey County Council, um, and I, um, I, I don't know about you, I don't know about your workplaces or your study places, but um, um, for me, it's a massive team, and um, there's a few people that I know really well, the ones that are in my um, room, in my office, um, but there's quite a few people who I know work for Surrey, um, but I don't quite know them well enough to have a proper conversation. So I quite often have the situation where I um, walk past them in the corridor, and you know, you do the awkward smile, they sometimes respond, sometimes don't, or they smile at you and you respond too late, and it's all a bit awkward, and and so I have that with a few people, and um and one lady that I have this sort of relationship with is um, a lady called Sharon. And, um, and one day something interesting happened. Um, I saw Sharon, I saw her um, uh, coming down the corridor and, and um, I was getting ready for this awkward interaction and, and, and she threw her arms up and her face lit up and she said, Hi, Emily. And 
I was really confused. I assumed she was talking to someone else because I'm Rochelle, and, and um, so I just ignored her and carried on walking. And, and then the next day, the same thing happened. And, and, um, and I realized she was talking to me. And, and again, a bit awkward, didn't quite respond quickly enough. And, and, then, and then it kept happening, and it kept happening. And um, I was really confused by this change. And, and in the end, I worked out that there was a girl in my team called Emily who had started around the same time that Sharon started calling me Emily. Um, and we discussed this, and we worked out that she must think that I was um, this Emily. And, um, and then Emily said something um, to me. She said, oh, no, Sharon must think I'm really rude because you're not answering her. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to put a bit more effort in here. And, and, um, and I found myself, next time I saw Sharon, she said, Emily, and I said, yes. And, and we started having this conversation. And, and, and then it happened again, and it just kept happening. And, and um, it got to the point, the kind of point of no return. And... Um, and I, as I was thinking about this in preparation for today, I, um, I spoke to Emily and I said, well, when did you start in the team? How long has this thing been going on for? And it's been three years. Um, and I really need to address it. And, um, but I've... Um, I'm telling you this because today we're um, in our third week of um, our Freedom Series. And, and we um, today are talking about um, freedom from faking it. And I think sometimes um, we, many of us feel we don't feel free to completely be ourselves, or, or maybe we feel as though we've got to pretend to be someone else. And that might be in any number of situations, and uh, one might be a competitive work environment maybe, where um, you feel you've got to pretend to have more knowledge or more experience to kind of help yourself progress or, um, or build that kind of respect, um, gain some respect from people. Or it might be that you feel a bit intimidated or hurt in some of your relationships, and so you um, put up a bit of a front to protect yourself in a way. Um, sometimes we don't want to let people down, and so we behave in the way that we think they expect us to behave in. Um, maybe other times um, we've got something that we feel a bit ashamed about, and so we, we try and hide that. And there's a lot of reasons why maybe we put on a front or we um, pretend to be someone that we're not. But why do we feel that we need to fake it? And I think our culture kind of persuades us with that, doesn't it? We, I, as I was, um, again, looking um, at this subject, I, I found this philosophy, uh, which I hadn't heard of before, but it's called um, faking it until you, fake it until you make it. And um, basically, it's faking confidence or happiness until you've reached or attained it, displaying what you want to be until that becomes a reality. And there's a, a lady, uh, she has her blog name is Anne Smarty, and she claims to have had great professional success uh, from this, um, this approach. And she says, I'm a firm believer in faking it. I also believe that everyone does it to a certain extent, and there's nothing wrong with that. The mind can be tricked, and you can balance your life on that little hack. Now, I don't know what you think, but to me, that sounds like a bit of a shaky foundation to lay our lives on. And um, Paul actually demonstrates a different approach, and, and 2 Corinthians is obviously a, a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinth church, uh, the fourth letter probably, um, and 1 Corinthians is, is the first. And, and he 
has been in a competitive environment, competitive work environment, you might like to call it. And he uh, had, had established this church in Corinth. And um, a bit further down the line, after he'd left them for a bit, they, um, some false apostles came. The, these false apostles came with fake references, and they... They were doing the fake it until you make it um, philosophy. And they, uh, I don't know why they were doing that, but maybe they were trying to get fame. Maybe they were trying to get a bit of money. Maybe they were trying to um, break down in a malicious way some of the work that Paul was doing for God. But they were um, turning people against him. And so he was in this environment where, where he was being quite personally attacked. And, uh, but he, he responds in a different sort of way. He um, doesn't put up a, a barrier. He, he actually is quite direct with them. He's quite honest. He, he doesn't change um, his, his, uh, what, he's, what he's doing, what he's saying, what his message is, because he feels so strongly that it needs to be rooted in God. And he um, is honest about his weaknesses. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3, it says, I came to you in weakness with much fear and trembling. And later he talked, in 2 Corinthians, he talks about being earthen vessels. And so us not being um, what's impressive, it's what shines out of us, it's God. That's, the, that's where um, people's attention need to be directed. And um, Paul chooses to actually, instead of putting up a barrier, instead of putting on a front, um, instead of pretending to be someone that he isn't, he chooses to pour out his soul to them, trusting that in the process Christ would be revealed. And he takes the enormous risk of telling them how confused and upset and weak he is. But as I said, he's consistent. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17, um, he's talking about sending Timothy to the Corinth church. And he said, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So he's consistent. He's the same person wherever he is and whatever he's doing. And actually, it explains in, in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4, it, it explains actually how he can have that confidence to be the person, I think, um, that, he, that he is and, and not waver from that. And, and it says that I care very little if I am judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. And in verse 4, it says, it is the Lord who judges me. So he's saying here that, that he's not driven by um, having to impress other people. He's not driven by personal achievements or personal success. Um, he's, he's not driven by um, what people might think negatively about him because his focus is on um, pleasing God. And he, in these verses that we've heard today, he talks about being in Christ and being rooted, being consumed by Christ, I think that means, and being, um, I mean, often you hear people talk about having Christ in me, but actually he's saying, no, we need to be in Christ, and surely that's a, an even better thing, to be in Christ, be fully surrounded by him, be consumed by him, um, and to allow our life to kind of spill from there um, rather than the other way around. And... He talks about um, the reconciliation. That's about being restored, um, the relationship between us and God being restored um, through what Jesus did on the cross and how that actually gives us this enormous, um, exciting privilege to have that intimate relationship with God and to um, find our identity in who God is rather than who we try to be. 
And, in, and through that intimacy, through living in Christ, um, we, we can live in freedom. We can live in um, safety, live in um, the fullness of God. And it says um, God promises to never leave us. He, it says in Hebrews um, 13 verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think that's a much firmer foundation to lay our lives on. Um, can you think of a time when you have felt fully free? I, um, I love dancing, um, and I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it. And, um, and I, I used to um, close my curtains in my lounge and turn some music on when I was on my own in the house, and, and I'd just dance, and I'd look ridiculous, and I knew I looked ridiculous, but I'd just do it. And, and, um, but every now and then this thought popped into my head, and I would think, what if the postman came? And I, I'd have to kind of straighten myself out and pretend I was being normal and, and open the door. And, and, or what if um, my husband came home early from work and kind of caught me looking really strange? And, and, um, and so there was always this little nagging feeling. But something I've noticed recently is since having um, my little girl, Josie, she, um, she loves it when I dance. And, um, and the more stupid I look, the more... She delights in it, um, the funnier she finds it. And I know this will change. I know when she's older, it will be a complete embarrassment to her. But, uh, but at the moment, um, she loves it. And her face lights up. She belly giggles. And, and, um, and that spurs me on. I want to do it even more. because, um, and, and actually, I want to look stupid. I just want to be, um, I find my, my body just doing all sorts of weird things. And, and, um, but, but it's to make her happy. And... And I, I was thinking about this and how actually there's been a shift. I feel so much freer when I dance for her. Um, and that's what it should be like in the way we live our lives for God. And, and he delights in us. Um, in Zephaniah 3 verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And, and, and I kind of now imagine, well, when I'm doing things, let's imagine God's face lighting up. Let's do it. Let's be driven um, by um, enjoying that delight that God has in us. And actually, if we um, are coming from a place of that intimacy of relationship with God, of of living in Christ, um, we can be free of our dependence on other people um, to kind of meet our our feelings of self-worth. We can be free from our dependence on what we do or or achieve to to kind of reassure us and, and give us our identity Um, And this series is called Cry Freedom, and it's because God's heart is actually broken when we walk in bondage, despite Jesus having done everything to free us. But how can we respond to this? What what can we do? Um, And I find it helpful to, to think, well, what holds me back? And when don't I feel free? And what's the reason for that? And try and kind of reflect on that a little bit. And a question that helps me sometimes is, is thinking, well, am I the same person at home, at work, in my friendship groups, in my family, and on my own? Am I consistent? Am I that same person in every setting, with every relationship? Because actually, if I'm not, there might be something going on there that I need to ask for God's help in. 
And sometimes it might mean making difficult decisions, um, maybe making choices about who we spend time with if they don't bring out um, the best in us. Maybe we, we need to um, find people that encourage us and that um, reassure us in, in who we are in Christ. And I found it helpful as well in my life to, to find out from God, to, to establish, well, who's he created me to be? Um, what is my identity in him? What, what's he given me that's unique? Um, and because if, you, if you're able to establish that, that can give you confidence to live out that person. And so, why don't... Um, we just spend a, a little bit of time just um, thinking about any areas of our lives where we don't feel fully free. Or maybe areas of our lives where we want to be freer to talk more openly about God. And that's an area I find quite difficult, that, that actually um, I can be myself minus the Christian bit um, or minus the talking about God bit um, when I'm with people that, that don't believe in him. So maybe we need to be freer just to totally be open and honest about that side of who we are as well. But imagine the change in our lives if we lived in this freedom. Imagine the change in our friendships, in our relationships, in our church, and in the community. And we can be free to tell Sharon that we're called Rochelle which, by the way, I haven't done yet. Um, and we can be, after the nine o'clock service, everyone asked me if I told her, and I haven't, but I'm feeling quite convicted. Um, we can be free to dance. We can be free to be the people that God's created us to be. So let's choose to live in Christ, and through that, to live in the freedom that he's bought for us. Thank you.